Welcome to the Kill Your Internet Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 44 of the Kill Your Internet Podcast. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. And with us today, we got Mr. Ken Bianco. Kenny, how are we doing today? We're good. Doing good. Good positive attitude. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and over on the right, we have Mr. James Iovine with us today. Yeah. How are we doing, Jimmy? I'm all right. If you're if you're talking about uh, if you're you stay positive. I'm if trying. You're talking buddy. about if you're talking about COVID, stay negative, y'all. <laughs> wow, what a great <laughs> that was a say. great way to come in. Jim <laughs> comes in with the burners right away. I love it. Uh, we are presented by Hybrid Coffee. Grab Hybrid Coffee at Wawa. Grab it online. 10% off with promo code FOXTROT on the website for 12 packs of the triple shots. Uh, grabbed one this morning before I ran. Mm. I ran, dude. I went for, I went yeah, for it today. Yeah, you ran, and then you stopped, and then you shot, and then you started again. <laughs> <laughs> That's generally how it goes. Uh, guys, we actually have a show coming out tomorrow. Oh, oh my, my God. Boy. I wanted to record this like right after we played the other night, but it was late, and we were kind of drunk, so <laughs> we didn't. But, dude, so... For everybody who's listening who isn't aware, uh, we filmed a multi-camera, pro audio, full lights, full venue, live stream with our friends at NextGen and Rec Philly uh, for a campaign called Just Fucking Vote. Which Just Fucking Vote. Which couldn't be more Foxtrot if we tried. Like They told us the name, and I was like, sweet, I can curse. Yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> That's the first thing you said. Uh, so we went, and we recorded. It was like eight songs. We did a, it was two, one song we've never done before live. Uh, we did true. Something's Going On, which was... we First off, more than anything, we didn't have the opportunity to rehearse, and we haven't, we've played once together as a band in the entire time of quarantine. Yeah, as a full band. And that song we recorded... Obviously, when you go into a studio, you're going to piecemeal stuff. So, like, the drums go, and then the bass goes, and everything's to a click track. So, nobody was playing together. Yeah, even when we wrote it, we were writing it through through Zoom. So, it was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, we were writing it through GarageBand and Zoom. We've been doing a ton of work. It's just tough to get everybody in a room together because it's kind of unhealthy at this point. So, not a good to idea. shove seven people into our tiny rehearsal studio is not a good idea. We're trying to stay negative out here. Yeah, we're out here staying negative because... Uh, but so, I, I just want to say, dude, like, I... Before, I could have run through a wall because I was so goddamn excited... But when it actually happened, oh yeah! Just the adrenaline that went through my body was unbelievable. Like, yeah, I, I, I was I was actually kind of like freaked out and like kind of scared because I haven't played a show in a while. But as soon as like you start going, it's like <laughs> it's like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah, once the sound check went through, and you're like, all right, this is happening. Yeah, this is real. Really uh, oh, there's loud. And <laughs> I thought it would be weird not to be playing to anybody, but luckily we had a couple. Like we had our tour manager Ali there, Dave Silver was there, and we had our friends who were videoing it, Kev Kilkenny and all them, and yeah. I We're not going to act like we've never played to an empty room now. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of great memes at the beginning of, of quarantine where people, it was like, it was like, oh, is it cool that your punk band is complaining to only playing to 15 people capped rooms? Because it's not like it's any fucking different than what you've been doing before. <laughs> now they got to stand six feet apart and they can't rush the stage. Ooh. God forbid. <laughs> what the fuck is up, Denny's? <laughs> I don't know, man. All I will say is, I if I had any questions before... I just had it completely revalidated that I fucking absolutely love playing live music, and it's the reason God put me on oh this yeah, earth, dude. Oh yeah. It was it was unbelievable. I love the podcast. I love writing. I love recording, and I love putting music out and filming things. But, dude, nothing beats playing live music. It's yeah. it's fucking incredible. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just for a great cause too. It was it was fun to kind of almost it was kind of a parody of points when I was just screaming, just fucking vote. But we love America. We love the democratic process, and more than anything, it sucks right now. 
Yeah, you both were political science majors, weren't you? I was a he double. Was a minor. Uh, well, no, <laughs> I, I wound up taking enough credit to make it a double major. Oh, okay. Obviously, I'm I'm doing a lot with it because uh, <laughs> yeah, <right>. I'm sitting <laughs> here talking to you, fucking morons. <laughs> relations major. I'm really he is yelling, "Just fucking that. vote!" into a goddamn camera in yeah. an empty room. <laughs> but what I will say is, it's really important to people. Do get out to vote because if you do want to see shit change, you have to go out and fucking do it. And I don't get why. Why do you have to force people to do it? It should be something that you should be proud to do. I don't understand. You only have to do it once every yeah. four fucking years. Well, I wish we were like every other country and had off that day, but you know, isn't that weird? Pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> Just quit your job, dude. Yeah. Just quit your job and oh, go yeah, vote. Yeah, 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 that'll work. <laughs> that'll work exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full time voter. Full time. Yeah, I've, I have a job at once every four years. <laughs> I do the midterms, <laughs> local elections, all that. Uh, but no, I don't know, man. I, I just like I could I went I couldn't even sleep that night. I was so excited that we got to play a show, mm. and I I just can't wait for it to come back. Um, but on top of that, we also just released part one of the monster movie today. Jimmy wanted to just quote on he is the best actor in the band, which I, I did not say this. You said that I, the other day. Don't lie I to did, me. I did, but you said it first, so don't act like you weren't pulling my. I said you did a I great d- job. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> you, Ken's shining part with with the laugh track comes later. It's part four. Um, Did we put a laugh track in there? For Ken's part, yeah, there's a laugh track. <laughs> it's actually perfect. Comedic relief. Yeah. And le- canned laughter? I love it. <laughs> hey, buddy, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you guys wait. Just you wait. Um, but what I did want to bring up is the fact that the dialogue in the beginning of part one is us having a Tarantino-esque bullshit conversation about what is better, the officer parks and rec. And I put a poll up on the Instagram because I wanted to prove a point, and the office won handily. Oh, mm-mm. Ken, I know you kind of sit in the middle here. No, Parks and Rec is better. Online online opinions are trash. If you go to the office, I hold Okay, so you're saying that the people, our fans, are wrong. Yep. Okay, (laughs) fair. Fair. I will concur. Look, I'm not saying. guys got to give it a proper shake. I'm not saying Parks and Rec is bad. I'm just saying it's the office on Valium. We didn't ask what you watched more online. I don't care. I don't, yeah, no, I don't care. I'm just saying I've watched both. And yeah, but have you have you invested the time you put into the office into Parks and Rec? What do you like want I to do? Take the last twelve years of my life? And <laughs> <laughs> the office to Harry Potter TV shows. People need to find another show. Ooh, a lot of people wow. that are diehard Office defenders Jesus. just need to find another show. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of our fans that are going to be very upset with <laughs> yeah. you for saying that. Jesus, the Office is the Harry Potter TV shows. A great quote. Jesus. I love The Office, too. And I love Harry Potter. (laughs) The Office is fine. Find a new slant. There it is. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, listen. Controversial Kenny coming in and play. I'm at the point, though, with The Office to where I watch it every night when I fall asleep, and I'm having a problem finding episodes now where I don't want to skip because I just know them line for line. I know every little thing I don't want to see. Sounds like you need to find a new show there. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. You know what I just watched the other night that's amazing? Because I love Aaron Sorkin. I need to watch The West Wing, which I haven't done yet. I hear it's a really good show. Well, I I mean, it's written by Aaron. Um, there's something there's something about not watching like something watching something on a flat screen widescreen tv and just having two black bars on the right and the left hand side that i cannot tell you could tell it's not meant for this definition of television yeah 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 oh yeah but uh i just watched the movie molly's game have you seen that yet i haven't seen it it's so good no it's uh what aaron sorkin wrote it and uh the actress is what's her name she's um zero dark 30 she's been in a million things and i don't know why i'm uh, blank on I her name right talking now. About. jessica chastain Je- yeah uh it's got jessica <laughs> chastain where we cut yeah that's where we cut yeah so uh it's got jessica chastain it has idris alba um michael sarah plays this like mystery role so it's, it's toby mcguire so basically it's about this like this woman who Moves to Hollywood after she she gets injured as an Olympic skier. This is all a true story. It's actually a book called Molly's Game. And 
she winds up working in these underground poker games, all these celebrities and billionaires, and she winds up taking the reins on it and then, like, takes the game from the original guy and then winds up getting addicted to drugs and, like, starts... And then the, the feds come in and get her, and they, it's all this shit. But the best part is there's... Michael Sarah plays the celebrity, who they never tell you his name. He's just player X. And it's based on Tobey Maguire. And he's this asshole who, like, apparently in real life, Tobey Maguire told her to, like, bark like a dog. Yeah. Said, I'll give you, like, $1,000 if you bark like a dog. And, like, stole the game from her and shit. It's a, ma- it's a great yeah, movie. I think it was, like, Tobey Maguire, Leo, Affleck, I think Alex Matt Damon, Alex Rodriguez. were all involved in these high-stakes, like, backroom poker games at the, the Viper Room in L.A., which is a Jesus. It's a great movie, dude. You gotta say it. Idris Elba's an. Although I will say there was another time in this movie. I always say this about Idris Elba. You can hear when he slips in and out of his uh, his like accent, accent yeah. and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he's giving this long monologue where he's getting real emotional, and he's like, he's like, listen, this these charges are bullshit. You need to let Molly go. Like he says her <laughs> name, he says not Molly, and, 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 and literally I went up oh, there. It is there. It is. Um, so, it's like, oi, oh, there he is. There oh, it you is know now. these charges are oh, blimey. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I highly recommend Molly's game, and the office is better. So let's uh, move on. Let's move on to our wildest shit that we've seen. The oh, by the way, our guest today, uh, repeat, repeat, will be on. Great band. They just toured with the Black Keys and Modest Mouse doing stadiums. We actually. Actually, did a festival with them in Knoxville. They played Rhythm and Blooms, oh, yeah. uh, and they're actually a husband and wife duo that have a full band that back them. They're from East Nashville, like they're an East Nashville band. So I'm excited to talk about that. And they, they, they're putting out new music now, so I'm oh, excited man. to get into that. I wonder what it looks like down there. I don't know. Well, they moved out into the country apparently, uh, so I'll ask them. But I mean, we could just call Nate or Trace. They're gonna eat a lot of peaches. <laughs> Nate's like, yeah, my house is gone, dog. <laughs> How's Nashville? Good. Can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah, let's get into our wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. Uh, the first thing, Ken, this is specifically for you. Uh, I'm fully convinced that The Rock is actually a superhero at this point. This is getting goddamn ridiculous. He put up an Instagram. Uh, it's the front gate of his house was ripped off and thrown into the middle of the street. And he captured it by saying, so I was late to work today and my gate would not open. So I ripped it from the steel... <laughs> And the the brick mortar. the brick and mortar and I threw it in the street just so I could get to work. No days off. And I was like, dude, you are literally becoming your Fast and the Furious character. <laughs> he's his own boss. Yeah, I know. Got, yeah. He's late to a shift with Panera Bread. Like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want two strikes with my manager. Yeah, if I show up as if the, the Rock Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, I'm sorry, man. I can't make it. My gate won't open. As, if the, as if the Rock, as if the Rock's got to open the bar this morning, and he's like, Yo, oh, boss, no, I'm no, sorry. No, I'm like 20 no. minutes late. I'm not gonna be able to set up the bar. Jesus Christ, I seen it, and I was like. Dude, chill out, man. Relax. <laughs> Relax, Black Adam. <laughs> yeah, he is going to be Black Adam, so he actually is a superhero yeah. now. I mean, he's a superhero all the time. The Rock could play a telemarketer and be a superhero. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's his cover. The Rock. <laughs> Telemarketing. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you ever heard Kevin Hart stand up about uh, telemarketers who are big as shit for no reason? <laughs> he's like, he's like, hello. Hello, this is T-Mobile. <laughs> he's like, broke another headset, boss. <laughs> big as shit for no oh, reason. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is this T-Mobile? <laughs> I don't know. I just seen that, and I was like, what are you trying to prove? We know you're the hardest worker on I Earth. I woke up his kids terrified. <laughs> <Yeah. He's> going, <laughs> ah! What is Daddy oh, doing? 
my god, imagine And you know he starts early, so you know this is like 5 a.m. He's throwing fucking gates around. After the Rock is like nine pounds of elk meat in. He quoted his Fast and Furious character and said, Daddy's got to go to work. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. That's the name of this episode. Daddy's got to go to work. Dude, I'm telling you, I just seen it and I was like, what are you trying to... Because first off, we already had an episode earlier this month where we went over what his running... like his Because he's going to run for president in 2024 and it's going to be The Rock and who did I say is running... Uh, Dave Grohl's going to be his running mate. Yeah, we said Rock and Grohl. Yeah, and oh, the, the, Johnson Grohl? <laughs> <laughs> no, Rock and Grohl. Rock and Grohl, baby. Uh, Kevin, oh, Kevin Hart will be Secretary of State. Vin Diesel will be Secretary of the Interior. Yeah, right. uh, I mean, it, it's just going like to be a smash. That's a cabinet. In that's a cabinet, bro. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Putin trying to walk in and get shit done, and The Rock has no sleeves on his suit. <laughs> Vin Diesel's in the corner like, family. <laughs> <laughs> Putin's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you better watch that big-ass forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, second loudest thing I've seen on the internet. All right, so every the political crazy people on the left and the right got trolled today. Um, there was this fake wedding invitation that was going around. At first, that you didn't know it was fake. It was for a wedding, and it said, um, mask restricted, no masks. Uh, I want to see everybody's smiling faces at the wedding. Uh, there will be a designated cough area. <laughs> and... Then everybody was like, everybody oh, like all the all like the super leveling people were like, this is a disgrace. This is why people are dying. All this stuff, and then all the people on the right were like, see, I told you things would get back to normal. Like you, you liberals don't understand. Uh, and the name of the wedding was. <laughs> Let me get this back up. Go to his notes. The Fartlander Ween Wedding. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. First off, if you saw that there was a designated cough area and you didn't think that that was yeah, a troll that, job. That's, that's like immediate, like, duh. And then you saw the first tweet of somebody being like, did you read the names on here? It's the <laughs> Fartlander Ween Wedding. First off, I love a good troll job on any on any so, circumstance. Joey Fartlander's coming from his Twitter. <laughs> Yo, what if it turns out these. like we, we watch like uh like the more like the uh, uh Good Morning America tomorrow and they actually have Joey Fartlander and Megan Ween on there and they're like <laughs> Megan Ween. And it's real, but I was like laughing like you, dude, you know somebody's like aunt is on Facebook right now, like, see, all liberals don't understand, you can do it and all and like somebody's other aunt. It's like, see, I told you they don't care. The Republicans don't care. And it's the Fartlander ween wedding. Oh, got my em. God. I burn, mean, you burn, get the, burn the internet to the ground. Yeah, this uh, Ken, this is the third one. Ken, we talked about this. Well, uh, who was it? Uh, Genghis Khan got canceled a couple weeks ago. And trending right before we came on here was Attila the Hun. He also got canceled. <laughs> wait, wait, the, the TV show Genghis Khan? No, no, Genghis Khan, like the, the dictator from the 13th, from like BC who murdered millions of people. He doesn't fit in 2020, so. <laughs> Genghis yeah, Khan aged no. terribly. Uh, no, appa dead. Apparently what happened was somebody, like a conservative politician, like made a, an ad that referenced Attila the Hun and like basically like as a positive thing and people were like, uh buddy <laughs> he did a lot of bad stuff <laughs> like at first of all, i never thought i'd be in 2020 trying to have to justify why attila the hum was trending on twitter <laughs> unless we have some history buffs out here i don't know but i just seen it and i was like we're going to hell in a handbasket of society <laughs> jesus jimmy's over here like i don't know man attila the hun had some ideas man I, I, he didn't have a I mean, he was a very, very prolific conqueror. <laughs> I mean, you got to give him props for it, but I other mean, than that... Yeah, he's putting numbers on yeah, the board, yeah, bro. Got, fucking scoreboard, dog. Scoreboard. Where, were the, where were the Huns? Hungary? Was it? Huns? Hungary? Uh, no, I'm saying, weren't they the bad guys in Mulan? 
to defeat the Mongolians? The Huns. The yeah. Huns. Oh, oh, the Huns. Oh, yeah. No, Genghis Khan was the Mongolians. Genghis Khan is Mongolian. I'm pretty sure they ran in the same pack. I'm not sure. I have to do my history check here, but uh, either way, I don't, know. I don't think anybody's going to blame you for you know canceling Attila the Hun, but also I'm pretty sure it's Hungary Attila the Hun. Really, Hun. I don't the know. tries back then were so norm. Yeah, yeah, norm, yeah. norm, 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 normatic. <laughs> They're so Normandy. normal, oh bro. God, okay, <laughs> Normandy. Attila the Normandy guy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Turns out he was a Viking. Uh, <laughs> le- the last thing on the wildest shit that I see on the internet, Ken Baja Blast was trending this morning, and uh, we got it. We got tagged the direct tag at Stepdad Terry today. Uh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. Yeah. So what happened was Natty Light pitched to Baja Blast on. Twitter, they were like, yo, what do you think about the greatest collab of all time? Who says no? <laughs> and it's Baja Blast flavored Natty Light. So I, I go to Stepdad Terry and say, Stepdad Terry, thoughts on Baja Blast? I'll be having them walk to my calendar the day that Baja Blast <laughs> greatness drops. I'm taking my stepson's longboard. We're going right through the drive through We're getting all the Baja Blast natural light. We're going to get some $1 sauce tacos and have myself a day. Wait, so Are they selling like the Taco Bell? <laughs> Are they going to do like a hard seltzer, like Baja Blast? I style? think it was a taco because Taco Bell does Baja Blast yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So I think it oh, was yeah. Every time a collab I get, with Taco I have Bell. to. I have yeah, to. we got it. Yeah. In Look, if Travis Scott's got his own Happy Meal, there's no reason the stepdad Terry can't have his own Baja <laughs> Blast no Natty Light. Meal. Yeah, that's right. Cactus Jack sent me. <laughs> stepdad Terry sent me. <laughs> Yo, get it going. That's what they're going to do. Get it going. Yeah, the, the Natty Light Baja Blast, you have to go to the drive-thru, and it's got to be all hype used to go up and say, oh, Stepdad Terry sent me. <laughs> it's got to be three BV Frito burritos with extra cheese sauce and fire sauce on the side <laughs> and a Baja Blast and, and you, Natty and, Light. And you get a pair of tactical Oakleys with it as well. <laughs> Stepdad Terry's going to be working the counter that day. He's, gonna be like, He's oh. a blue light sensitive. <laughs> These are what our boys were overseas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. Uh, before we get into to what the fuck we've been listening to, we didn't even talk about this. Can we just get through the Eagles bullshit now? Because I know we have to talk oh, about it at some point. Man. Let's just look. I got to be depressing as fuck. I watched it with my wife's family because it was her dad's birthday. So we went over and it was like twenty, like twenty deep outside watching it, like just like drinking twisted teas, having a day. Got a hoagie tray from Crown Deli. We got oh, we got mad food. And then they just shit. I knew it from the goddamn second the game started. It was a shit show. I knew it. I, 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 first off, Carson looks shook. Doug just looks like he. You, you even said it looks like he doesn't give a shit about Carson. Even did you see the press conference today? No. Doug was like, they were like. Why do you think Carson's regressing? And Doug goes, eh, I don't know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> like he's not regressing. He just said, eh. As head coach, you'd think you'd be thinking about I that. I don't know, man. Good question. Loosen that visor, gray hair. Dude, Jesus, man. <laughs> Dude, this is all I'm going to say. Defense has no juice. Offense is the most stagnant thing ever. J.J. Arthago Whiteside, if you need a dog, your shit's on the curb. You're gone, cuz. I don't need you here anymore. Boom. Fucking Deshaun Jackson's your possession receiver? Deshaun Jackson weighs less than me and is shorter than me. He should not be your goddamn possession receiver. No, he should be the deep threat. Get him down the field. We have two deep threats, but... First off, I do understand completely. The offensive line looked better yesterday because they were getting the ball out in like .3 seconds because Aaron Donald's breathing in your grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's not a lot of opportunity to go deep there. Yeah, he didn't. Did he get sacked? No, I mean, but he, he threw two picks. Yeah. One really bad pick. One really bad pick. Yeah. The second one looked like it hit the ground. But he's trying to force things. He's not getting outside the pocket. Nothing made sense. It was just a shit show. And I'm like, I'm not as depressed as I was last week. The only thing that really bums me out, and we talked about this on the last episode. When it comes to traditions per game, 
think we were going to start this tradition that Dana was going to make meatballs every Sunday. And then we lost that game on week one. I was like, you're never making meatballs again. Fuck that shit. Not happening. I bought this hat. And I've wanted this hat since I was like eight. Right. And it was right before the game. And then we lost. Mm. And Dana's like, Luke, you got to burn that hat. And I was like, <laughs> I was like dude, she's fucking funny, dude. Dude, she's smart. She's smart <laughs> as a whip, dude. She knows exactly what to say to me to get me to go, uh, you're right. <laughs> uh, so we might have to have a cer- ceremonial burning of this hat. I'm not ready yet to shoot Carson Wentz into the sun. Neither am I. But I've called the Cannon rental place about inquiring about renting a cannon to shoot him in the sun. You're, you're planning ahead. You're you pre-plan. Look, I don't know, man. You're getting quotes on cannons. <laughs> yeah, he's. Oh, cannon, Have you ever seen on New Girl when uh, uh, Nick is like the house secretary and he's like Schmidt, you got a call today about a, a quote on a spoiler, <laughs> and Schmidt's like Schmidt's like. I was just getting a quote. I, I, I don't want a spoiler, but if, if I did, I call it predicting desires. <laughs> I now know how much it costs. So, so yeah, Ken's taking quotes on a, on a rocket. I don't know. We b- All I'm saying is I have a bad feeling Joe Burrow's going to come in here next week and oh, he's light it up. He, he will light us up. I know, dude. I, I think we bounce back. I don't think we can go 0-3. The division's a fucking hellhole. Can we just talk about the Cowboys real quick? Yeah, how that 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 shit Fuck shook that. out. First off, fucked up. I tweeted it right away. I tweeted <laughs> a spinning onside kick. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? I hate it here, dude. I hate it. I hate this planet. I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, Dak Prescott's good. I hate it. He's not a bad quarterback, man. Yeah, uh, Matt Ryan, you're from here. You should have went dude, to the coach dude. and been like, "Yo, dude, we can't let this happen. We can't let this happen." <laughs> this is a fucking the Dallas football. How does Dan Quinn still have a job? Oh, they put up 39 points and lost. Like that. I don't know. Fuck that shit. I'm done with football. What yeah. the fuck have we been listening to? How did to? the Washington football team do? They lost. Hey, they got blitzed. Oh, okay, good, good, good. That Cardinals team's fun. I get upset seeing quarterbacks younger than Carson play. Dude. I know, I know. <laughs> dude, he's, dude it's, we, it's year five. There's no more excuses. We can't keep saying the same shit year after year. I love him. I love Carson to death. I'll, I'll, I'll die on that hill. I don't care. Me too. This is the, yeah, this is the most Philly pocket. Just cut me. Just cut me and then give me in the ring. Cut me, Mick. All right, yeah. So let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to. I'll start. Uh, actually, a guest on the podcast later this week, we have uh, Deal Casino. First off, I just want to say they are no longer, it's now just Joe P., uh, who's the lead singer? They they've gone their separate ways. One of my favorite bands. I call them your 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 band's favorite band, which is uh, like coincidentally repeat repeats like quote on their website is your fan your band's favorite band. Right, right, right. Uh, but like so many bands love Deal Casino, and I love their music. Um, they had a, an EP come out earlier this year called Wolf, uh, and the song I picked was Love Leech. I th- he's uh, Joe P is like an artist that I hate him because I love the songs he writes so much that I wish I right, wrote them. Yeah, he, exactly. They're so good, lovely. Just so just the hooks, just made jealousy. That's he, fine. It's made jealousy. He just writes. He has an ability like I always say. AJ Babcock, the singer from uh, Secret Club, can write these kind of like sarcastic lines. And like there's this one song called Baby Teeth that they have. That Joe P, the first line of the song, it's it's kind of about like wishing that like about the music industry, and the, the line is, "Some big suit has got my balls. I stay up late waiting for his calls." <laughs> and I love that line. That's a good it, line. It says, "All the boys have dirt on one knee, but I'm so good at keeping both clean." <laughs> Basically, like I don't want to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but there, there's another line off the Wolf EP where he says, uh, "Well, this is it—a three-year deal with Sony. Maybe this will be the hit. Three minutes worth of shit, and we can pay back all the money." That's a great <laughs> oh line, dude. God. That's a great fucking line. So, uh, Deal Casino shouts out Love Leech. Ken, what's your first one? Gonna go um, Mute Math Blood, blood Pressure. Ooh, Mute Ooh. Math is so underrated. Yeah. Solid, solid. Um, that's off Odd Soul, which is probably their best album. But give it a listen. Great which album. one's the, the? What's their first hit? 
Their first hit was typical. Typical, yeah, because it's are they a religious band? They have, I think they are Christian in the sense of that's their faith. Like Switchfoot, kind of. No, I think less than that though, as in, like they clearly, I think, write about it because it's a part of them, but they don't take themselves as a Christian. Okay. It's not, they don't only write Christian. Who's the band music. that did the song Sadie Hawkins Dance? Uh, Reliant K. Oh yeah, are also a, are like a religious yeah, band. Religious on the yeah, there's a lot of religious things. Actually, I didn't know like uh, side topic, but I didn't know that uh, Brandon Flowers was Mormon. Yeah, we yep. talked about that. Yeah, and like, and now now that I listen to everything, like especially the new album, like little churchy. Yeah, little churchy. <laughs> yeah, he's got, fucking churchy. He's got it in him. Uh, Ken, that's a good pick. Uh, Jimmy, what's your first pick? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going with covers today. Ooh, all covers Ooh. from the James. Yeah, so uh, first one is going to be the Interrupters. Uh, you know them from Kerosene fame. Great song. I'm a I'm match. She's Kerosene. I love it. I love it. It's bringing back ska, and Bring I forgot how much. Dude, I used to skank in high school. All right. What does that mean? <laughs> skank? Yeah, it's not like it's a Jamaican that dance. Thing? That, yeah, like the skip dance. dance oh, oh. Jimmy, you were skanking out here? <laughs> Dude, I can skank. I can skank. <laughs> I'll, fucking, I'll do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him out here and knock the camera over, dickhead. <laughs> I'll do it right now. I don't care. But yeah, so they do a cover of uh, Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. Duh. <laughs> and so, but they do it really well. And of course, you know, they're a ska band, so they have a horn section. And so instead of the like, does that sound like you're in like, yeah, they, instead of sounding like you're in an elevator at the Borgata, <laughs> you sound like you're at Oktoberfest because it sounds kind of poker. Like, yeah, I, want, yeah. I want that. Why is there not a polka remix of that? You know, that's fucking sick. Love it, dude. I love having Jimmy here. He's got the sound effects. <laughs> uh, yo, real quick, the Interrupters better be on the new Tony Hawk soundtrack. I oh, that would make I sense. Have it. Oh, is it good? Oh, it's great. Is it? Um, you can find me online. My guy is literally Seth Terry. I made no. Seth Yes! <laughs> you made your... skate as Seth Terry. That's um, awesome. Ken Jose on Facebook. PlayStation Network. Do you, you go up and try and bum cigarettes from 12-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> hey, muchacho, you got a life for old stepdad, Terry? Till, uh, I, I can't wait till the band starts rolling and Ken Jose on fucking PlayStation <laughs> Network has got more than fucking <laughs> Ken's friend requests. My second pick is uh, Rustin Kelly. I'm a huge Rustin Kelly fan. Dirt oh. emo, baby. Uh, <laughs> basically, like, the new age kind of Ryan Adams, like, depressed country uh, Americana guy. Uh, unbelievable songwriter. I picked the song Radio Cloud from his new album. Just great songwriter. I don't know. I just love Rustin Kelly. I've, I'm a huge fucking fan. I need it sometimes. I need that like kind of like yeah, dirty Americana in your feels. Like I was like washing dishes today to to Radio Cloud, and I was just <laughs> crying into the soap. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. So that's my. my you would think that dish is clean. But it's salty for yeah. my tears. <laughs> Dana's like, did you overly salt the salmon tonight? I'm like, nah, man, I was crying. <laughs> I cried on the plate. Uh, Ken, what's your second pick? My second pick is the new Deftones single, Genesis. Ooh, Ken oh, and Heavy. Wow. Yeah. Kind of, they Ooh, came Deftones. up on my Spotify, and then I kind of went back and revisited some Deftones. It's good. It's, it's yeah. Deftones. So you yeah. know How would you that. describe Deftones? Because I'm not overly like in on it. Heavy like, hard rock with like a little metal. Yeah. I would say, but with like uh, some sub bass, like I was gonna uh, say, it's very like, deep because they, like, they yeah. like they like the uh, they like a a nice like distorted sub bass, yeah, <laughs> you know, like nice seven like string bass, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they do all kinds of shit. Do you ever get into the Mars Volta? Yeah, a couple. Um, John Fusconti from Chili Peppers did a lot of work. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're drummers. Fantastic, yeah, dude. I love in um. Uh, what's get in the degree when he's like, Do you want to go see the Mars Volta tonight? And she's like, What's the Mars Volta? And he plays it and it's all the note. And he's like, ah! 
That's a great. That's a great movie. That's a great song too, King. Good pick. You're on fire today, Jimmy. What's your second cover? So, uh, second cover. You know it. <laughs> He's listening. The um, uh, my boy, your boy, Ken's boy, Leon Bridges. Ooh. I'm always bringing him up. I mean, if are you still doing the playlist of all these? I have to do another one. Okay, so we'll do it. It's mostly Leon Bridges. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a lot of Leon Bridges on it, but he does a cover of. Uh, Pony by Genuine. Oh, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> Dude, and that, is, that is sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouts to Spotify for getting him in the studio to do that because Come that shit is. On it. <laughs> Let's do it. Ride it. My pony. Oh, dude. It's just like. Oh, it's so good, it, and it's like a, it's like a, because I, I, the genuine versions on beatable with the whack, but this one is just like straight up like classic oh, R and B, sexy. Yeah, it it's very sexy. Sex. Yeah, that, that's a good song. Uh, Jimmy, good pick. Uh, so that's what the fuck we've been listening to. Jim, what was your third one you were talking about? It was another cover. It was uh, so. Uh, Jimmy strictly listens to covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her name's the like cover corner with James. Daniela. Or. Um, Daddy or something like that. It's, it's a weird name, but uh, she does a cover of "Crazy" by Nora Barkley, Barkley. and it kind of reminded me. It doesn't. Well, we did it with drums and stuff. So, but it's just her and an electric guitar singing it. But it sounded like how Erica sang. Oh, uh, she's so dope. Uh, yeah. So, like you know, instead of like, yeah, I think you're just like me. Instead of going high, she doesn't. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, she does sick. The, like low down yeah, stuff. Did you ever Erica hear the Ray LaMontagne version of that song? Oh no, I haven't. And it's just him and acoustic guitar. And I remember when. <laughs> I remember. I remember when I lost my man. <laughs> your, I, your Ray LaMontagne and your Bruce impression are the exact same <laughs> thing. Just some rasp. I woke up today, <laughs> and I said, "It just reminded me of my mother." And she would wake up and say, Bruce, Bruce. you're late for school. <laughs> and I turned to Clarence and I said, Clarence. We got to get this gate off. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, big man, big man, wake up. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> ching, 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 ching. <laughs> That's my Bruce Springsteen, yo. Y'all been good this year? Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can do a Bruce Springsteen. Give me a situation, I'll do a Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Give me one. <laughs> I don't know. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> He's ordering. Bruce Springsteen has a, a flat tire. And so I go to the side of the road and I look out over yonder. And I and I look at Clarence. <laughs> and I say, Clarence. Clarence. Clarence is always with him. <laughs> Hand me that crowbar, Clarence. <laughs> I got to get the lug nut off. But it reminded, it reminded me of my mother. And when she used to tell me, she said, Bruce. Bruce. Get the jack. <laughs> Your Never. formula is just <laughs> something that happens to Bruce. Clarence needs to help him. <laughs> one time his mom yells, Bruce. <laughs> I, said, I said, little Steven. Said the same thing. Steven. Steven. Do you hear me, Steven? I don't know why it's always a whisper when he's on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Bruce and the acoustic guitar playing like a single like pitch asked, chord. You never asked Max for any help? Nah, Ma Max <laughs> is too busy holding the band down. <laughs> Keeping that Max pocket. Like, I look at Steven and Nils and I say, Steven and Nils. I need you to blame me something. Max, you're doing a good job back there. <laughs> <laughs> I look at Patty, my wife, and I say, Patty, this reminds me when we were down by the river. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of All Bruce's right, corner. Yeah, so that, that, that was the fuck, <laughs> the fuck we were listening to. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Hybrew Coffee. Obviously, get it at Wawa if you're in the Philly area. 10% off when you use promo code Foxtrot on the website. We are going to head into our interview with Repeat, Repeat. Amazing interview. Stick around for that. And then afterwards, we're going to go right into our coronavirus survival guide, which I'll let you know is favorite things that come with seasonal change. So your favorite thing in seasons, and I'll explain why we get into that after this. So uh, 
This is our interview with Repeat Repeat. All right, ladies and gentlemen, your guest for today's Kill Your Internet podcast is frontman for the band Repeat. Repeat, Jared, how are we doing today, buddy? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Dude, no problem. We're happy to have you here. I was telling you before this, but you have some fans up here in Philadelphia, and I wanted you to know. I, I got taken by surprise with how many people knew about you. So you guys are obviously getting the reach out there. Thanks, man. We've uh, we've played Philly a couple times. I think every time we've played, we've end up, ended up at Milk Boy and – uh it was all it was the people that were great and yep. that venue's all right but i i always i think i have a little bit of ptsd from loading <laughs> gear up those stairs oh my god milk boy <laughs> used to be our like our our when we would come back from to where our philly show was always milk boy upstairs we'd right. put 250 people up there and it would feel like the floor was going to fall through but that yeah. load up those i don't know if you ever played smith's old bar in atlanta Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the Smith's, downstairs stage, too. Yeah, but there's that, like, it's like a fire escape. You have to load everything up, and I always think I'm going to die when I yeah. go up there. You know the oh, game. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, this- I, we've had some pretty horrendous loads, yeah. load-ins and load-outs in the past, too. Like, having to get our van and trailer through, like, an alleyway that's oh, about the size God. of a van and trailer, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's uh, and then, you know, it's like 3 a.m., and you're trying to load out, and People are like, we played one show in San Francisco one time, and it was actually an awesome show. Uh, we were open for this band on tour, and the, sh- the show was like sold out. It was a Friday night or something, and uh, everyone just got really, like all the people there at the show got real, can I curse on this podcast? Fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> everyone just got like real fucked up. And at the end of the night, we're like loading our gear out, and literally like we're in the van waiting for like the last piece of gear in. And some drunk dude, really nice dude, too, like, didn't even realize it was our trailer. Just started pissing on our trailer. And it was like, (laughs) but he was like, our bass player, like, got out to be like, hey, man, you can't, don't piss on our trailer. (laughs) And he was like, hey, great show, man. While he's, like, pissing on our trailer. He's like, yo, do you guys have t-shirts? I'll buy one right now. He's still going to the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, hey, man, one second. I just got to finish peeing real quick. You know what I mean? Dude, I, I, I know the game. I think you should automatically get your CDL of your touring band just because of the shit we have to do with trailers and everything. It's fucking yeah. crazy. And the overnight drives and all that shit. Yeah. It's and a, it's, not it's, only a, the, it's not only the loadout. It's also the dread of the fact that there's certain times where you leave a show at 3 a.m. and you're driving to the next city to get there in the morning because you either have radio or some shit like that. Yeah. It's not, it's not always pretty. I think people have a misconception. It's not always a pretty thing. Yeah. I think it's more often than not that pretty oh, uh, yeah. but uh i was telling you off air like uh this industry has a way of being like what i call like a morphine drip you know it's like uh the people that are cut out for this industry it's like just enough to keep you hooked you every know what time, i mean every time and like honestly kristen and i have this kind of theory sometimes it's like sometimes you don't like we all know that there are bands where it's like the artists are really good, but they never get discovered or yep. whatever. Or it's like, you know, cause I, you know, I know guys in Nashville that played downtown for tips that are like some of the best guitarists you'll ever see. Oh, and yeah. then it just never will be, you know, on MTV or anything like that. And I think it's one of those things where we just, uh, you, as a indie rock band, like you kind of just have to like, wait it out it's like always like, man. Just enough bands just like quit the game or 
get out or I'm well, fuck, get canceled or something. And you're just like, man, that sucks yep. that y'all broke up. But I mean, that's just one more step for it, us. Exactly. Yes. Fine, you never know, know, bro. We could be. I said to, to the band when quarantine started, I was like, look, two things are going to happen here. One of two things. We're either going to get passed by or break up like a lot of bands are doing. And it's fucking sucks because I knew it was going to happen. But I yeah. said, or we can do the opposite and we can pivot, adjust, and then be in a better spot when this is all over. But to sure. me, like, I think that, like, there's so many bands that are half in, half out, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm really cut out for this shit. I think the real dogs are going to be the people that come out of this, and they're just in a better situation. Well, I mean, not only that, but it's like, if you're still doing music right now, uh, you're certainly not doing it for the fucking money. Nope. You know Hell I mean? no, like, bro. Hell no. <laughs> so if you're still uh. doing music now, it's kind of like, you know, then then that's 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 great. I think it's uh, I don't know. I've come around on it a lot because I I used to get frustrated with like, uh, kind of the the weekender people that were like, you know, you got your guys to go and play. I feel like there's so so many spaces in this industry that everyone could find a spot where they want to be. Yeah. But there were there were times in the beginning where I was just like, you know somebody would be like, ah, I don't know. I just like did this song and they don't tour and they don't, they don't hustle or like, like some of the bands that I know that do, and it'll just get like playlisted and they'll do like huge. And it'll be like this whole thing. And you'll just be like, shit, man. Like, like they just move up a few steps in the line. It's crazy. But I don't know. I've kind of come along. Uh, I think COVID and all that stuff, Kristen, my wife who plays in the band with me, she calls it like the great reset button. It is. It's, it's like, it was like this huge reset button. And I feel like I'm just glad that if people are making art, then they should be making art. And I don't know, man, shit. It's like, you just got to make it cause you love it. Yes. And I think if anything, the people that are going to drop out were the people that were just making art to try to make a quick buck. Yes. So it's kind of like if people, if you're just making it and you, you never tour or whatever, and it does well, it's like you're making something that you're passionate about with no other prospects. It's like, I kind of see that as endearing now. Uh, it but- to me was a situation where like, I looked at it as if I, there was ever a time where I can prove the fact that I want this more than everybody else, it's probably right now. So if anybody's yeah. got their eyes on me, we haven't missed a beat. We've released more music, and this was shit that we had backlogged. And even our management right. was like, we might want to hold on to everything. And I said, fuck that, dude. I have the ability yeah. to drop whenever I want. So, And more than anything, we've made more connections and friends, and, and random shit right. has happened just from us keeping right. our feet moving. It's fucking crazy. And, I mean, to me, I guess my starting point would be, so quarantine hits just like right after you guys are having a moment. I mean, you guys toured with the Black Keys and Modest Mouse, Bonnaroo. Yeah. You're really kicking ass. Glaze was a great record, by the way. I just wanted to say that. Um, Thanks. No problem, bro. Like to me, when COVID hits and that momentum, did you get a fear that there was going to be a stall there? Because I know for me, like our shit was starting to really move. And then that hit and I, got, I was like, oh, God damn it. And then things have gotten better. Like, how did you feel going into that? Um, no, here's the, actually, the truth is, is that, uh, we came out of that, we came out of 2019, we had done, I don't know, we had toured six, seven months out of the year last year. Yeah. The year before that, I think we did like 150 dates or something like that total. We were on the road a ton. And so we did that and it was kind of like leading up to that tour there was all this like 
what's next? What's next? What's next? What's Always. next? But what happens is, is, you know, we jumped from this small band and we're still a small band, but we jumped from playing. We, I mean, we were touring, playing, you know, small clubs and colleges and stuff like that to for, you know, half a month touring arenas, you know, opening for wow. some of my idols. And we came back and then we capped it off with this. We did, we do a Halloween show every year in Nashville. That's always free. And this is the first year we haven't done it in five years or so, but um, it's the, like the only thing that's free in Nashville and it's just grown (laughs) immensely. We, we started putting last year, we put like 550 people. Where were you at? Parking lot. We're, we're we're at the, we did it at the crying wolf. The owners and they, they always just let us have free reign. They decorated the hell out of it. And they were cool with us doing it for free. They kept the whole bar tab. I, and, you know, we got sponsors involved and stuff oh, like that. Awesome. So we kept that show as our, like our cap off. And then we reached this point where we were just like, like, we were so caught up in like, what's next? We almost lost sight of like the present and like how great these moments that we were building were in the present and that's like such a toxic moment in it is in the industry is like they it never lets you really enjoy what you've achieved at that moment it's always about the next spot it's like that michael jordan documentary where yeah doesn't he say something about like i haven't worried about missing shots that i haven't taken yet you know what i mean yeah and so we were over here like doing some stuff that like and i i always say like if you would have told me where I'd be right now five years ago, I'd be like, shit, I've made it. And Bro, yes. And then you fast forward five years and I'm always like, okay, well, if only I had this or this, if only I was doing this, I'd be whatever. And so frankly, we came out of that tour and everything fully prepared to take about six months, lay low and just work on new music mm-hmm. and really focus on that. So we didn't, we had about four dates booked this year. We had a f- couple festivals and a couple club dates, like return dates from the Keys tour. And honestly, like, but other than that, we were going to lay low. So when all of this shit happened and it was like, everyone stay home, it was just kind of like, we were already kind of planning on doing that. And our tour manager put it like the best way. It was like, um, y'all are sitting pretty. So just like sit and be pretty for a minute. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's an important thing. Honestly, like, I think like some good advice, or any bands out there is like really define what it what success looks like to you now because it what it doesn't look like is like you're not going to be fucking guns and roses you're not yeah. going to be i mean like if you make anything that isn't like straight up pop music or you know something that's going to get viral on tiktok um put a gun in my mouth bro i can't even think about that <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah well, i mean if you don't make that kind of stuff you're just at least right now and things can always things can always change in weird ways and you never know what could happen but like if you don't make that kind of stuff the kind of success you're going to have can still be success but it's just a different kind of success success so it's like you really have to define what it is that you want because it's like i realized at some point i just want to be able to create art when i want to create it and not have to like answer to some shitty boss at like some shitty you know that's, a, that's success there. right there, bro. And I'll, t- I'll tell you I mean, this. Yeah. I I'll mean, tell you just this. like, if I cannot bartend, you know, cause I mean like all of our, all of our band members, you know, worked in random jobs and stuff like that. Same, and same right still here. Do. Yeah. And some of them still do. I was like, I was like, if I can just like not 
fucking bartend and like be able to make music when I want to do it. If that means I have to fucking eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches like for a year, like so be it. And it's like, you have to define that. Cause I think that like this industry set up where it's like, you set a goal and then if you meet it, you're like, oh, well, I guess that wasn't enough. I got right. a higher goal. And at some point you're just going to like let yourself down. Bro. And it's so, I feel like I'm talking to myself in a weird way because I, <laughs> these are things that we say all the time. Yeah. It's fun. I, I am one of the worst people on earth with things, amazing things will happen. Like I think back to a year we, we had played a stadium with Bon Jovi and then right after that we did. Yeah. Uh, firefly music festival we played yeah. the giant fourth of july on the ben franklin parkway in front of the art museum yeah. and like all this shit's going on i'm about to get married and yet still in the back of my head i'm like all right well what the fuck is next we have to get back in the studio right. let's book 20 more dates like this is how it has to go and i don't i think COVID is not only is it the great equalizer not only is it the reset but it's more it if you haven't reevaluated your priorities and what this means to you then you are gravely mistaken because to me the number one thing that i'm proud of my band for doing is everybody looked themselves in the mirror and said this is what we're supposed to be doing there's no fucking plan b let's trudge go through the fucking shit that's the way it has to go well you know i think one way it's super an equalizer is like for anybody out there that's had like a steady good job that they hated but made a lot of money looking at musicians and being like what the fuck are you doing you're like you know, in your 20s and 30s, like, you know, and, you know, sleeping in in a fucking van and like, you know, playing for no money and like, whatever. It's funny because the only difference between me and some dude that like, got, has been with the same job since he was like 20 and wore a fucking suit and tie to work yeah. uh, is like, have those guys put their heart and soul into something that was soulless and are now, you know, unemployed. And the difference is, is like, I technically have been unemployed for like 20 years. Ever, yeah. <laughs> I've somehow figured out a way to pay my bills and do what I love. So it's kind of like, I think what it really did is it, it made people realize that like life is so short and it's like so fleeting. Yeah. And it's like really when there's fucking people like trying to just, you know, pay their bills and like feed their kids and stuff like that it doesn't it you have to like you this life in my mind at least it's like the only one you really get so it's kind of like you gotta just gotta give it everything now you know and frankly i'll be honest with you it's like there have been there's certainly moments that like i'm like i could have done that differently or maybe if i would have done this like our life would have gone like our career would have gone in a different direction or something like that and then you realize it's like like i I don't know it's 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 you you just can't like live in the past about it you know what i mean it's like it's like this was all kind of supposed to happen it was supposed to happen and frankly none of it matters because i'm at the end of the day i'm gonna look back on my life and be like i never short sold myself you know what i mean like i always tried to do it and i don't know one time i asked we had this guy engineering our last our second to last record floral canyon we were making this record and we would uh a guy that was playing on the record with us he was in radio and so he would get these submissions for people that wanted to be on the radio and sometimes you get these crazy submissions and people that are like you know everyone's trying to pitch themselves you get these pitches that are like i'm like the next big thing in music like always i'm like hot shit i'm gonna be like huge and successful and famous and then you listen to it and you're like, whoa, this is like, this, like, <laughs> this sounds 
not like what you described it as. And the funny thing is like, that's not how Chris and I would ever pitch ourselves. I mean, I think it's like some of my favorite artists that are like hugely successful are incredibly humble. Yep. Um, but I asked our engineer, I was like, my, I, t- I said, my biggest fear is that like, I'll be that guy who thinks like I'm doing cool shit. And while I think it's cool shit, everyone else is like laughing at, laughing at oh, me, yeah. you know? And he said like, I think because you think that way, You'll never be like that because those guys are always the ones that like don't get it. You know, well, what you I mean? can smell so, it on people, though. You, you can tell the inauthenticity or kind of like the the out of bounds delusions of grandeur people like right away. If you can meet somebody and you instantaneously can kind of feel like this person's doing what they're supposed to do. If it's authentic, you usually can read past that. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. The only hard time that, that, that it's hard to tell is like. If you're just if you're like some suit at a label, right? Yeah. It's like if you're just looking at numbers, because you got to remember, like the guys that work in the industry are guys that like like music, but they don't do music, right? How fucked so up is the music like, industry that we are like? I say this, I try and explain this to people all the time. The music industry is the most fucking odd dichotomy of suits and people who pour their heart and soul into the artistic side. And we have to somehow find this balance to where it makes sense. It never does, but that's what it's set up to do. Yeah, totally. You're right. And I think that, um, you know, if you're just a guy at a label, your number one goal isn't to put out good, uh, good music. Your number one goal is to make money. For yeah. The label, move units. Right? Exactly. So, so um, you got to think about that when you're like an independent band It's like a label. If you got to decide like what it is you want, to do right because if you want to get signed to a certain label that's putting out bands that are are tiktok famous then you got to be tiktok famous and then frankly exactly that's not what i want but I mean, maybe not that's what, what you want as an artist uh, maybe that's what you want to do or whatever like then cool like there's probably room for you in that world but it's one of those things it's like you can't be if you're like an chris and i make indie rock music right, right? so like some hip-hop label is not going to be interested in us you, well, know yeah, you I mean? have to set your sights on what like so many people have goals but don't have a direction towards going towards it or they get disappointed sure. it's like if, if you're an indie band and you're hitting up warner on the side that strictly deals in pop and fucking right. viral tiktok hits you're going to get your heart broken just adjust right. what you're looking for and move that way and i mean yeah funny too because you brought something up can i ask you a question about uh, yeah. this is a wild guess now, once again, I said I spent a lot of time in Nashville. Was Andy Heron the guy you were talking about? Yes. I fucking knew it because he works for 1029. Yes, the bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, yeah. buddy, I, I know my Nashville bullshit, dude. How did you wind up in Nashville? Um, I went to school in uh, Arizona. I grew up in Arizona. Uh, I went to Arizona State University. Ooh, someday. And Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> shit. And that's my alma mater. And I... Um, I knew I wanted to get out of Arizona as soon as I graduated. It's, it's, a uh, I apparently it's gotten better now, but it wasn't really that vibrant of a music scene at the time. Yeah. At least not in Phoenix and Tempe right. where I was growing up. And so, uh, so yeah, uh, I spent plenty of time in LA. I played up the strip, the Roxy and the whiskey and everything like that. And so, uh, I was looking at Nashville, Seattle, and um new york new york was too expensive yes, seattle i didn't know anybody in seattle i met one guy in arizona who uh had played for like pink on a tour or something that was a guitarist and he was like nashville's great i spent a few years in nashville or whatever 
So I just like, all right, well, I'm going to fucking go to Nashville. And the irony was he hadn't lived in Nashville in like 15 years. <laughs> totally so all different the place. stuff he told me to go do was either like shut down or really like out of date. You know, Bro, uh, like, when when I started going to Nashville it was 2015. I graduated college, started going down yeah. right away to start writing. Going back in 2020, fucking completely different than weird. Like if you go down to Broadway, first yeah. off, and talk like I don't like to talk about Broadway because it's not like my. Sp I'm an I'm an East Nashville guy. I know you're an East Nashville. That's guy. where I grew up. Yeah, I mean that's where I spent the last ten. years. That's where you grew up as a, as an adult. But yeah, yeah he said <laughs> yeah, right right on a right on Gallatin Sunnymead, right near Madison. Like that's where our manager mm -hmm. lives. And uh, but even going like down to Broadway, everything is now owned by country singers. Like there's yeah. over near winners and losers. There's bars that are like popping off in Midtown. I'm like, where the fuck am I right now? This is crazy. But like, t like you guys made the move out of Nashville. Like, did yeah. you do? Did you do that strictly because you saw? Because I know, like I said, our manager she moved back to Memphis and now commutes back and forth. Was it getting a little bit too much for you guys? Um. Yeah, it was a mixture of things, man. It was um, part of it was we would spend six to nine months out of the year on the road, right? In big cities, and we would come home, and we lived on Sixteenth and Shelby yeah, on exactly Shelby. Yeah, so we lived, and you know, every house was like here and here between us, and um. We were in like an 800 square foot rental with a bunch of rescue animals. And uh, it's, it was one of those things It's like you come home and it's just busy city life. That was a mixture of it. And then the, the other uh, part of it was just all of the people that I felt close to in the industry were moving away or were kind of moving further out of the city yeah and i i don't know i just felt like uh I, frankly like where i live i've certainly learned this now living out in the country like where i live has not affected me in the slightest now that i've but i mean i think you kind of have to if you want to do like if you want to do acting you got to live somewhere close to la right yes if you want to do uh like you can be an actor and live in san diego and commute probably right. maybe but like uh if you want to do music living near nashville is totally fine yeah like, but you just um it we had to spend like 10 years in the city to like kind of build our roots and then grow from there but honestly like once you kind of build those things then it's like kind of just uh you make those connections and stuff then you just kind of evolve with it but frankly it was like the city evolves just like any city and it was yes, just sir. kind of like we were not feeling like uh i don't know we were feeling like it was a different crowd i mean at some point you know you look out in the crowd and it was like i remember playing shows in the beginning where it was like there's 100 people here and every single one i know on a first name basis yeah and what's cool but also weird is as you grow uh, as a band and as a city grows and gentrifies and things like that, we would play shows and it would be like, I know 20 people here and there's 200 people here. Yeah, you know part, what I mean? of, part of you loves it. And the other part is like, who the fuck are you people? <laughs> I know well, exactly yeah, that I mean, feeling. We love that people love of the course, music man. and we really appreciate that, but it's just was like, cool. So there's like nothing holding us here. You know, I mean, at, at the time the label we were signed with is out of Austin and LA and our booking agents were, well, I guess our, some of our booking agents were in, in 
Nashville and our manager like spent half the time in Canada and it was just kind of like we don't need to be here and you know we wanted to get some more land we have a bunch of animal we have 12 rescue animals. I was going to ask you about that was that a, a joint decision or were one of you just a rescue like a rescue nut and then the other one got involved in the relationship and it's like ah now yeah. I got all these dogs <laughs> yeah no well I had a dog when I met Kristen and she had two dogs and two cats and a bird so she kind of already had a handful yeah and then I but then funny enough like I found the uh, the next like four like be it like one of the cats I found, I was like buying nachos at a bar down the street. <laughs> and this cat would like jumped into my car practically. You're she ours was like now. pregnant with kittens. <laughs> yeah. It was like a whole thing. And then like, I've found a bunch of, I found the two of the dogs or whatever. And it's just been a, it was one of those things we just, um, I don't know. We would find these pets and they just, uh, we've gotten some adopted now too, but it was just like, if they fit with the family, we're just like cool like what's another dog we're already feeding four like what's another fifth dog or whatever look man we me and my wife have a beautiful german shepherd black lab husky named Vinny who we rescued so i'm all for it bro i'm, I'm yeah but i'm i'm you not know, it's I'm, not for everyone but i do say that like people that come and visit i'm always like 12 pets is kind of like one or two kids because yeah. like our house is <laughs> our house i've seen some friends and i've been to their house and they have two kids and i'm like my house is cleaner <laughs> and, and smells better yeah. So I'm like, and I sleep better. So I'm like, people are like, ah, oh, how do you do 12 pets? I'm like, how do you do, how do, you two, do kids? two kids, bro? You know, oh, like I, I couldn't do it. I don't think maybe, I don't know. But I mean, you know, so it's like more power to you. I'm like, I'm over Pick your poison, man. Like, yeah. Man, like, I don't know how you have the energy to do it. And they're over here being like, I don't know. I don't have exact dude. And it's back to the, back to the music thing. Kind of like the, um, the disconnect between needing to be somewhere and where you live for us like Nashville became a spot we were in every month, basically back and forth. Our first indie label was out of Nashville, uh, right out of the NSAI building a lot. And so we're back yeah. and forth a lot. And it's odd that after touring, I crave the city life because I'm from Northeast Philadelphia. Like it's in my blood. I married yeah. my high school sweetheart. We're both from the neighborhood and we made the decision we wanted to stay. And what I did learn when we made that decision was like, you don't have to live there. I, I can be back and forth. Yeah. I love the back and forth. It is important to go to these places. And we try and stress to people, like, you can't expect to live in Omaha, Nebraska, and never get outside your comfort zone and go somewhere else and think it's just going to happen. It's not. You have to make connections yeah. and meet people. But I do agree. And COVID has taught more than anything. You can be remote and do your job, dude. That's Look at us right now. We're fucking talking over Zoom. This is how this shit goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is, is like, you have to establish yourself first, you know exactly. what I mean? So it's kind of like, we can live in the country because we'll have booking agents book us tours in cities and exactly. everything like that, like, uh, you know, and all of that. So it's kind of like, we, I mean, we have a following in Nashville, right? right. So, but we wouldn't have a following in Nashville if we would have moved, if I would have moved north uh, an hour and then started a band out here and been exactly. like, I mean, even like our bass player lives in St. Louis and you know, like uh, one of our guys lives downtown and another one lives by the airport or whatever. But it's like, I mean, our bass player doesn't even live in the state, you know, and he hasn't for, you know, when, when we met him, he was living in St. Louis. And so, uh, so, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, it doesn't stop us from doing anything, but we did have to build that following in Nashville first. Absolutely. You know yeah. I mean? I mean, that's the funny thing too, because we had to go down trying to go down there and being from Philadelphia is, was a very weird experience when you're not sure. in there. I fucking loved it though. And it kind of 
set us apart in a weird way to meet yeah. friends and meet people because it was like, oh shit, they're the Philly kids. And I turned my accent onto 11 and I would just go for it. So <laughs> yeah. it worked. Uh, but as far as Nashville goes, obviously that's where you met your wife, correct? Yeah, we met um, actually at a venue. It's funny because I don't, we don't, we don't like ever go to this. I don't even know if it's a venue anymore. What venue but, is it? Twelfth uh, and Porter. Oh, rest in peace, Twelfth and Porter. Yeah, I think, is it, I think it's gone now. I've um, had amazing what, shows at Twelfth and Porter, man. I love that. Spot. I had had some good ones too with my old band, um, and that's how we met. I was in an old band, so I moved to Nashville, and uh, I didn't know anyone. And all the advice I had gotten was from this guy that was like ten years too old, right? <laughs> and so. Uh, and so I moved here and I was like, shit, real fast. I was like, if I'm going to do anything for myself, I'm going to have to like learn this all from square one. Right. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know what cool venues were in town. I didn't know. Li I literally knew nothing. And this was like 2000. Let's see. This was 2000 and late 2009 okay. that I moved to Nashville. And so I was just like, I got to figure this out. And so I started a band with my roommates at the time. And I was just like, our whole goal was, I didn't have any money to make a good record or anything, but they all went to school for recording. But, you know, we were- Bunch of Belmont kids, man. Actually, they were like, uh, what's the school, the, the audio engineering school? I can't even remember now. Yeah. They went, to, but, uh, so, but it was just kind of like, but we all just like played fucking NFL Blitz on Nintendo 64 and like- It's a beautiful friendship right there, And like bro. just drank all day. <laughs> It was a, and we lived in this disgusting apartment and then we moved to a disgusting house. It was like a whole thing. But we were in this band and we were like, all right, we can't afford to make a good record, but we're going to get people's attention. We're going to be the most wild and outrageous live band, right? Love it. And just like, we're going to wear different costumes every show and we're going to just do all this like, you know, audience participation. We would buy like huge bundles of drumsticks and we'd count them out to everybody in the audience. <laughs> That's yeah, fucking awesome. with us on songs. Yeah, it was cool. We had one guy, he was just like our hype, our hype guy. He partied, He was the roommate that partied the most. And he would just make, one time, he just made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and just threw them out at the crowd <laughs> during the show. It was, you know, it was Dude, whatever. I, I saw the band, uh, remember Gym Class Heroes by any chance? Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw Gym Class Heroes open for the Dirty Heads in Philadelphia. Weird concert. But... The gym class heroes just had a guy that's job on stage was to run around with a flag and a tambourine and just beat the shit out of it the entire time. I <laughs> and I was like, look at this fucking dude living his dreams out here. Yeah. Just fucking carrying a flag around. It was amazing. They paid that. Yeah, guy. no joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how Chris and I met. Uh, she was like, she was doing uh, PR for uh, indie bands at the time. And she was doing PR for the band that our band was opening for at Dolphin Porter. And that night, just our band, our costumes were '80s characters. So uh, no one else, no one, none of the other bands were dressing up. It wasn't <laughs> Halloween or nothing. And so I was uh, risky business. And oh, so I wore beautiful! A, a white T-shirt and so, and you know Ray-Bans and then whitey tidies, basically. It worked and, for you, bro. Yeah, I mean, I I I run a lot. Like I run a couple miles a day, and so um, I always kind of have. And so uh, <laughs> I have, uh, you know. I, I definitely have a whiskey gut, but I, I have pretty like it's quarantine, you know, bro. It doesn't count. Legs. Doesn't yeah, count, bro. I have pretty toned legs, <laughs> and so she always says like she saw my legs. She's like, he's got really nice legs, and mine. I also wasn't wearing pants, so it's hard <laughs> not to notice them. So she came up and she was like, um, "Hey, great show or whatever." Hey, and great then, legs, man. That's a good job. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> and so then, uh, 
and so then we just hit it off and you know and then I was like oh you're in PR like I'd love for you to I'd love to grab coffee and see if you would be interested in doing you know for our band or whatever also under the guise of you know I'd love to have coffee with you sometime and then uh we had coffee and we talked for like 20 minutes about PR and then we talked like two hours about music and like you know which Beatles member you love the most and all this shit. It's a modern Nashville love story, man. Yeah, it was super like, yeah. And then um, we hit it off. And then I think it was like, that was August. I think by October 1st, we were dating. And funny enough, since October 1st, 2012 is when we met. October 1st, 2012. We got married in October 2012. yeah, we got married October 2012. So we met October 2011. Wow. Um, yeah, you guys are October, right? Y'all are October married? Yeah, so we started dating in June of 2008 when we were yeah. 16. So we Right, been, yeah, yeah. But we, you said your October wedding, right? October 4th, baby. My anniversary is nice. coming up. We're October 20th. So oh, yeah, it's October beautiful, weddings. Man. Yeah, thanks. And so uh, we met. October 1st, since that day that we started officially dating, we haven't spent a night apart, which is crazy. Not like the, it's not like the gold standard because like I get that some people need their fucking personal space. space. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, no joke uh, in what is, what what we're going on nine years now, uh, we haven't spent a night apart. And then, you know, a year into being, well, actually right before we were married, we started the band. And so it was like, well, now we're in a band, so we're, like, never going to spend time apart, right? I was it was never, like, that, a thing though. we set out to do. It was an accident. We, like, went a year, and then I, like, got invited to a bachelor party or something that ended up falling through or something. And I was just like, wait, when was the last time we spent a night apart? <laughs> and she was like, oh. You're over I here looking I, at the calendar on your phone like, Jesus, man, it's been like, an entire year. Has it been a year? We've just always really enjoyed each other's company and just really enjoyed – uh, just you know, being together and that's a I don't beautiful know, man. fucking just, thing, man. Yeah, you know, it's not for everybody. I've, I'm always like, do not, you know, because you will get people that'll be, like, oh, that's so sweet, honey. Don't you think we could? No, like, no, 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 never no. works, like, bro. Never yeah, works. Yeah, just like like I get some people just need their space, but we've always just been really, we've always enjoyed each other's insight and and company, um, and have never really gotten sick of each other. So we just, and now we, and we tour together. So we spent like hours in a van together and have had to share hotels with, you know, four or five other dudes. At I'm a appreciative so just, of talking to other musicians and songwriters who are married. And I like yeah. to, because it's weird. Like we got married when I was 27 and they're like to people who aren't like for our neighborhood, that's normal. Like, and it's very incestuous. A lot of people want to marry their high school sweethearts, get married and young for 27 now seems young. Other people yeah. would say like 27s, like old and back in the day. But I love to have a conversation with dudes like like yourself who like are happily married and doing the music business because from my perspective, I spent a lot of time away. So I'm out working or I'm doing different yeah. things. And what is it like? And I'm sure you get this question all the time, but to be creating and living in the space of a band with the woman you also spend the rest of your life with. Like what is what is that like? Yeah. Well, first off, it's like the best in a lot of senses because um because like for instance just even this it's like oh 8 30 at night you're gonna do a podcast interview and she's got some work to catch up on or whatever yeah. and it's just like she gets that though you know yes. what i mean like i don't think i've ever dated anybody before her that was like gets that world you yeah. know or gets like 
or like coming home from tour like we'll come home from tour and we don't want to do anything, anything but lay on a bed for like fucking 40 hours and watch shows and eat shit yep. and not talk to anybody else right but if you are i think sometimes it's harder like when you're with people that don't know that world because then you come home and then they're like you know i miss oh, you let's do this let's like, do and stuff. I'm like yeah and so um that can be difficult so it's honestly like the best it's also the hardest because they know all of your like musical yeah. insecurities and everything, which is the best because they know how to get the best takes out of you and the best lyrics out of you and the best, you know, everything out of you. But it also is like, it makes you feel the most vulnerable. vulnerable, And uh, that is a scary thing at times, but I think it's important. I do get that aspect though, because the one thing about Foxtrot for us is that you know, we are partially family. Eric is our guitar player who happens to be my cousin. We grew up right on the corner from each other. And yeah. the other, Ken, our bass player, was my college roommate. That's how we met. And so it's to that level of almost like a, they know everything about you. It's not like guns for hire. It's not studio musicians. These are dudes from the neighborhood, especially Erica. Me and Erica have known each other forever. She knows exactly what to say to fucking goat me into like doing something yeah. better because she's like, you're a little pitchy on the lower side. And I'm like, you motherfucker, you know, that's, that's yeah. my thing, dude. But no, I, right. I find you're the second Katie Feeney. She's from a band called you do you was a guest on. And she's married to her husband who happens to be the guitar player in her band. And I, I, it just interests me because my wife works nine to five. She works in SEO and it's a completely different world. So we've sure. found a way to be fiercely independent and also be married. So I'm always interested in the other side as well. Uh, well, I think you have to etch out that time to be fiercely independent too, yes. because, uh, you know, I think we both have our, our like, you know, there's certainly nights where it's like, she's going to bed at 11 and I'm like, I'm going to go work on a mix. Until I do it like all the time. A.m. Yep. And you so know? she's in bed at 10 and I'm up at two 30 editing podcasts or like, yeah, like yeah. routing a tour or doing some dumb shit. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, so, you know, you just, you, you get it. So it's just like, uh, it's that kind of world, you know, you definitely, you're real respectful of uh, those kind of boundaries or it's just like, you know, you get, you learn, you wise up real fast. Oh, yeah. It's like, if your partner's like tired and needs to go to bed, you, you wise up real fast being on a tour or something being like, no, 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 you go to bed. I'll stay. I want to stay up. So I'm going to stay up. But like any of that weird, like, Oh, but I'm up and we're having a good time. Like, say, yeah. like that goes away real fast on a tour yes, when does. people can get sick and like lose their voices or just like, be fucking you know grouchy one person yeah one person the other is just like not in a great mood because it's like you're just constantly i mean it's hard it's a hard life on the and, road yo and that can derail a whole tour if somebody's just off and then you're in your own head like why is that person off tonight like this should be fun like i don't fucking get it like i know i know that feeling bro yeah and honestly kristen's much better at knowing that her limits than I am because I'll just be like, ah, fuck it, I'll stay up. And then I'll wake up the next morning and have no voice or I'll have a fever or some shit like that. And it's like, you know, I'm not good at gauging that sometimes, but I'm trying to get better. And, uh, but she's good at that. And I think it's just, you know, I don't know. It's like really, it's like the most uh, concentrated version of like, you know, the marriage 101 because you just you know thrown you really right into it yeah you have to be on you top have to really it. be respectful of those boundaries and also support the person that's closest to you and it's like after the tour we get to say goodbye to everyone else in the band but you don't get to say goodbye to that person nope. and so you have to be really mindful of that of those things and that kind of relationship because it's you know 
it's honestly, it's, you know, the band can come and go and whatever, but it's like that kind of bond is, is really tight. We had a conversation with Wendy Rollins from iHeartRadio uh, last week on the podcast. And she, we were talking about marriage and she was just like, it's the corniest shit in the world. And it's the most played out phrase ever, but communication is key, man. You just got to communicate. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. So uh, yeah. Jar- Jared has been excellent, man. I want to end up the way we always end up our interviews. Five quick questions. Bang them out. Uh, our first one that we always ask, what is your greatest, like your best, and what is your absolute worst show memory? Sure. Our best show we have ever played was probably, we played two shows at Bonnaroo uh, when we played Bonnaroo in 2018. And our official show was really fantastic. It was really special. But uh, we had gotten asked to play uh, for the campsites on Wednesday night. Uh, as part of like the all the Bonnaroo groups like there's all these like really tight-knit groups and like yeah. reddit groups and stuff and so they throw a party and we said yes and we were the first band to get to play Bonnaroo that year like literally oh. they don't even let bands get passes that day yeah we had to go and get special access and whatever and just playing to a couple hundred kids in this campsite on like no stage no lights like so like, horrible cool, sound system it was just but the vibe was so there and like half of those kids like we have maintained as fans for life like this, it was probably one of the greatest shows that we've uh something about festivals, no, i don't know man. if it was the greatest show we've ever played but, but it's it the memory the most memorable yeah yeah we did that with and, firefly we 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 were the first band on for a campsite actually we yeah. were the first band and then we played as one of the last bands on sunday so we were spread throughout the whole weekend but those like littler littler sets in the festival because we have one in the middle that was fucking humongous but those outside ones are yeah. where we've had people hit us up on just instagram just being like yo do you fucking remember me from the the campsite the vibe is the important part that's so for, yeah yeah for sure um and then like the worst show we've ever played i mean i don't know man because there have been certainly handfuls it's like it's not like what makes it the worst show because it's kind of yeah, like so you know what i mean it's like uh it's like there's been uh, shows where we've got electrocuted. And yo, that was what I was just going to say. Yeah, I brought yeah. up New Orleans. I asked this question last week. We were in New Orleans, and during soundcheck, I got electrocuted by a hot mic. And that was, yeah. like, my memory of, like, my worst show memory was getting fucking electrocuted and dropped on my ass in New Orleans. <laughs> um, let me think. It's like we have played uh, – let me think. with Because I'm trying to think with, like, all the, 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 the lineup that we have currently – um where it's just been like really hard i mean i this was a fine show but i lost my voice in boston and that was hard because it was a decent show too and so uh i mean it was like decent turnout right and so but i lost my voice and we were just like i don't know what to do i was like show go on let's just do it gotta do it so i downloaded an app that you type in and then it like reads it like a robot (laughs) so the between every song i would just be like hello i am jared we are repeat repeat thank you for coming to our show i have lost my voice so i apologize in advance and it was just like the crowd was really great and lovely and everything they'll never forget uh, that yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I hope not. And it, and it also, it was like at Great Scott, which is close because of COVID now. So that was kind of weird. RIP to Great Scott. It was a good club. But I don't know, man. When you're like in a small, when you're like an upcoming band and everything like that, it's like there's so many stories because it's like, well, what, what, uh, you know, what parameters are we putting on worst show? Because there's been shows where the promoter, like, 
was like, you know, you're using these, you know, the worst man. And there's there was a time we were touring with a band. This was last summer, actually. And we show up to the club. It's in Jersey. It's the first show of the run. And mm-hmm. we had speaking to the, we had spoken to the singer from the band. It was a smaller club tour. And he was like, dude, you'll be fine. You don't need to lug those drums around. So we like took a smaller trailer and uh, we get there. And our drummer, Jimmy, doesn't have his drums with him. And the drummer from the other band was like, who the fuck said you could use my drums? You can't use our fucking drums. <laughs> Yeah, so we're standing there with our dick in our hands, like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And finally, yeah, had to, like, beg this guy. So, after that, we had to drive back to Philly from Jersey, be in New York the next night. So, we were all night back and forth. So, the, if you're an up and coming band and you don't understand that you're gonna have shitty shows and weird shit's gonna happen, but those are my favorite moments. Like, I'll be able to talk about with that with the band forever. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's just one of those things. It's like, uh, you, you just kind of laugh it off, especially now. I mean, now that we're mid COVID or whatever, uh, so many few things are as important. It's like, it, I'm not going to bring an amplifier that I wouldn't, that I would be pissed if somebody asked to borrow. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? It's just like, if I'll keep my nice shit at home, you know what yeah. I mean? You just realize like what's really important and what's not. It's just like, you know, life is just too short for so much of that stuff. I mean, and it's funny too. It's like, what, like those were showed, like the black key store was amazing but it's also like there were a couple of nights where we were following a, two buses right so like we're driving we're playing a show then driving all night you know it's, to play it, the next show and then driving all night again you know it was just like so what's the most tired show you know it's just like one of those things it's like it's such an open-ended you know, question bro i just wanted to yeah know, you know it's i love the fact like, that you said electrocuted because that was exactly where my head went to <laughs> Yeah, we literally bought, I think we played uh, our label showcase in South by, and I was getting shot so much, right? We sound checked right before, you know, I don't know if y'all have done South by. South by, yeah, I know. You don't even, it's a line check always. Yeah, and the whole thing's a shit show. Um, It's been really fun, but it's also just a a total clusterfuck. It's like Americana Um, Fest in Nashville in a way, because you're playing venue to venue, and you're like, holy shit, there's so much going on right now. So we ended up buying, like, the foam windscreens for microphones just to keep on us because we're like that show i remember being like right before doors opened and it was like a packed house being like i'm getting oh. shocked <laughs> and i think our drummer took us or our, two, our tour manager took a sock and put it over the mic and duct taped it so that i could, wouldn't get shocked the rest of the show and so that I'm just like semi throws sock. your and it throws your mojo off a little bit to go like i'm used to getting up on the mic i like to be up on the mic for a show sure fucking sock in my mouth jesus christ yeah uh, <laughs> let's go with the second question as a transplant to nashville what's your favorite southern food discovery um favorite southern food discovery Mine is pimento. Well, I got addicted to pimento cheese. I didn't know it existed. And uh, oh yeah, that's good. Uh, well, bourbon, obviously, <laughs> and uh, probably um, biscuits and gravy were big biscuits. We live living out on the farm now. We make a lot of biscuits and gravy. That so white gravy is real, man. That fucking sausage gravy yeah. is unbelievable. It's like cement in your stomach, but oh yeah, you know, well, it's it goes there, dude. Uh, yeah. All right, what's the first record you ever bought with your own money? Green Day, Dookie. Great album. Great pick. I bought it at a thrift store. It didn't even have the cover on the front. It just was the CD and like the <laughs> jewel disc or the jewel case or whatever. And uh, I fell in love with it, man. I fell are in love are with, you a like, big Green Day chords. guy? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I am... not to sound like cliche, but yeah, like their older stuff, I really had an impact on me. You know what I mean? Green Day taught me harmonies. I feel like I learned how to harmonize from listening Billy Joe Armstrong harmonize with himself and and Mike Darren. Nice, yeah, that's smart. I uh, they certainly taught me how to play three power chords and ride a hook. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, Kristen taught me like Kristen. Kristen kind of got me onto sixties, you know, like the sixties stuff and the yeah everything from the, the Laurel Beach Boys Canyon to, kind of shit. Yeah, and that kind of helped me expand my mind with like parts and all of that stuff. But you know, I grew up listening to Green Day and um, a lot of like you know No Effects and shit yeah. like that. I was like. You know, I dyed my hair black and wore like spiky bracelets and stuff. So, oh, did you like, rock uh, the Jenko jeans and a No Fear T-shirt? Be honest. Oh, with you. I definitely <laughs> rocked the Jenko jeans. I, my mom, I always tell people, my mom was like, she would always buy me stuff that was like one season too late because she would oh. always buy off the clearance rack. Yeah, yeah. So she would come over and she'd be like, I, I'd be like, I, I really want like Dicky shorts, and she would be like, Okay, okay, well they're really expensive, so maybe one day or whatever, and then. uh it would be like a year later. She'd be like, I got you Dickie shorts. Like, and I'd go to school, are cool, mom. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, look, I got Dickie shorts. They'd be like, oh, man, that's lame. Dude. You're, yeah. you're so late. So I don't know. You're so lame, mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Give me an artist or a type of music that people would be surprised to hear that you like. Oh, well, we've listened to a fuck ton of Taylor Swift in this house. <laughs> like a fuck ton. Like a ton. I like Both the new four, record. What? I like the new record a lot. Folklore has like Kristen is Tay all the way, <laughs> and, and I like it a lot too. Uh, definitely that. Um, I don't know. Like, you can't live out in the country and not like some country music Fact. in my mind. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Dwight Yoakam. We really like the band Midland. I like Midland a lot. Yeah, just like any of that '90s country stuff. I mean, Kristen's from Texas, so uh, okay, like old '90s country. I mean, you can't go wrong. I feel like if you're like, oh, like I only like. I mean, I love Radiohead. I literally have a Radiohead tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't be like, oh, I love Radiohead. But like, if you hear fucking a good Dwight Yoakam song or like a good fucking '90s country song, you can't be like, oh, this isn't good because that shit is really fucking good bro i did not grow up with any country in my house my dad was a blues musician I, I fell in love with hip-hop when i was like 10 and yeah. so people don't like look at me and be like that guy's a hip-hop historian i am i'm a full-on sure. nerd i need to know everything but with country i played college baseball and i was the yeah. only kid from philadelphia on my team everybody else was like from the sticks like from the south they're for like middle sure. of nowhere pa they got me on a luke bryan and I have a b weird soft spot for bro country, like the, the spring break album. I don't know. It's shameful, and right. I know it, but like it's, it, I, I got an itch. Oh uh, man, the great reset button, man. None of this shit. It's like you like who you like these days. You I, know what I mean? I think it it's nice like whatever. We also like Kristen loves Tupac, and we both love Run the Jewels. Like uh, RTJ so, is know. my favorite, man. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna so, have to have a beer or two when I come back down to town, and we'll fucking talk about Run the Jewels and Taylor Swift at the same time. For sure, yeah, no shit. Uh, like, yeah, of course, uh, that would be great. I, uh, we, I don't know, man. I, I'm all for like Spotify and streaming platforms and stuff because if anything, I feel like it's allowed people that wouldn't normally like our music to discover our music. Yeah, man. So when people are like anti-streaming and stuff, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. I like that somebody that could listen to, that would only listen to. You think about back in the day when you would buy records. 
like when I would buy records, I'd only had enough money for one record. So it was like, I like Green Day. I'm going to be buy another Green Day record. You and know? even if you're or a whatever. kid, though, like it, when you were buying CDs and shit, usually went for the rack that was right in the front because you're grabbing what you know. Right. With Spotify, I'm all about putting the power in the artist's hands. I do. If you have the work ethic and the drive, you can make Spotify work for you, especially if you know how to start hacking those like discover weekly algorithms and shit like that. You can get yeah. out there, man. Um, yeah. Dude, last question. It's just a bullshit last question. What's the plan for the rest of the year, dude? You guys throwing more music out there? You plan on doing some live streams, anything like that? Um, yeah, so we there might be another show or two on the horizon. We definitely have some video stuff and staying in touch with our fans and stuff. To be honest with you, uh, I don't know if we'll be releasing any music the rest of this year. That being said, it's not because there's a lack of music. Uh, but our plan is for early next year to start releasing stuff very heavily. We Beautiful. have we have at least 25 songs recorded right now. So there's plenty of stuff. Uh, we're just waiting till the right time and the right moment. Um, I like that you guys put in Wind in My Sail, right? That was the last thing you guys dropped? Yeah. I like that track a lot. And I brought up the Laurel Canyon thing. Cause I really like, I heard the intro and the vocals and I thought Laurel Canyon kind of mamas and the papa is like out that we way. bought a 12 string. So it, there uh, it is in, bro. inspired by the birds. Yeah. Um, um, but, but wait till you hear the new stuff. It's uh, in our minds. It's like with ways, the way Spotify works now and everything's kind of single based. Everything's yeah. like more, you know, nobody, if you put out a whole record, all at once, unless you're Taylor Swift. Yeah, you're wasting like, eleven songs. You're wasting eleven songs. It's like that that may mean a lot to you and you hope that people would love, but like only a certain percentage are gonna hear. So um we this whole last year we'll just be like, Oh, I love that band. I mean, we're not like gonna make a hip hop record or anything, but I mean we'll be like, I love that band. How do we make a record? How do we make a song like that? And then we'll just make that song. Is that and, how the Black Keys so, came? Is that how the Patrick Carney thing came around? That came around through. We have the same attorney, and our attorney sent him some of our stuff, and he was like, "This is cool, but I think I can make it cooler." So he like called us over to do one song, and then that song turned into two or three songs, and that turned into him asking if he could do the whole record, and we were like, "I I was just like getting a text at like two in the morning, like from Patrick Carney, being like." You, could I produce your whole record? Was like, yeah. I mean, what? you know, you know <laughs> like, thanks for you know the la like the it. last time he did that, he wound up marrying the person that he made the record for. So I'm surprised that didn't work out that way for you guys too. Yeah. You wound up no, marrying no, Michelle well, Branch. Yeah, Michelle actually, Michelle sang on the sang on one of our what songs song? on the record. What song is yeah, she? Yeah, wow. Uh, she is on. Um, oh shit! What is it? Second to last song she's on. Bro, she's on so fucking I'm talented. Like, I love that that hopeless up. romantic record. I love that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got a ton of new music coming out, but some of it sounds a lot like what we just put out, and some of it sounds nothing like what we just put out. That's the best but thing. All man. of it is, I can't stress this enough, all of it is what we have always wanted to make, and it is the sound that we've always wanted to try to achieve. And I don't know if we have actually fully achieved it until now. I feel like we're really making the kind of shit that we want to make and that's been so freeing because like you know we hope that people like it and we've really been super appreciative of the reception to the new stuff we just released but we haven't even released our best yet that's the best so feeling man we're holding on to it for a minute and it'll be out soon enough 
we're trying to let songs breathe a little bit, you know? Smart. Smart. So, uh, so we've got a, we have a lot and a lot will be coming out, but also we just kind of like, let's just like wait and see what happens, you know? Cause it's also kind of like just the state of the world. It's like, you feel like you don't need to rush things anymore. Yeah. You know what I and mean? I mean that too, like I, for us, like we, we had a, we have a full record that we were going to drop in one, it, which is totally not like us dropping one like splash we split it into three parts everything's getting released as a single then re-released as the record there's yeah. no fucking rules dude it's COVID. there's no goddamn rules no nah, man and there never there really never has been but yeah. if it hasn't been apparent then it's apparent now it's like you just do what you need to do and what works for your fans i mean like we put out a cover song the week after we released our last single and had you asked me that a year ago, if I'd be down to do that, I'd say, fuck no, you know Get what the I mean? Get the fuck out but, of here, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I just, we felt like it was the right time, and, and we were just like, no, let's do it. We wanted to support Bandcamp and stuff, like, they're Beautiful. a great platform. So we just, we went for it, and I'm glad we did. And it's just kind of like, so who knows? Because I'm saying we're not releasing anything till early next year, but we could end up releasing 20 songs between now and the end of the year. I was going to so. say, you might, you might have one or two whiskeys and then hit the send button on your Spotify app. You never fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I think, I think we're trying to go with our gut. And if Smart. you're an artist now, I think you kind of just got to do that. You got to go with your gut. So I don't know. I don't know what's next, but I'm I, excited I know to, that we have lots of music. I'm excited to find out, dude. And you can guarantee make sure that Foxtrot will share when it does, man. Jared, this has been fucking fantastic, man. We're definitely going to ask you on for a part two. I want you to stay safe out there in Tennessee, and hopefully we run into you soon, all right? Thanks, brother. Yeah, stay tuned for more, and it was really nice talking to you, all right? Same, man. Take it easy, all right? Cheers. Cheers. All right, so that was our interview with Repeat Repeat. Amazing interview. You got to check out their new music. Uh, dude, the album that they got produced by Patrick Carney. Uh, dude, you got you got to check it out. It's so good. Uh, you can tell who produced it right away. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's Dude, they play with Modest Mouse and the Black Keys in Stadium. Yeah, so. Unbelievable. I want that ticket. Yeah, <laughs> sh shoot me that, dude. On the bill. <laughs> uh, so let's go into our coronavirus survival guide today. So. Over the weekend, I went out to, <laughs> this is a fall thing, but we went out to a pop-up bar that was also like a, like, autumnal-themed, like... Autumnal? Autumnal. You like that? I got yeah, big words. Big dictionary over here. <laughs> uh, big dictionary. But, uh, no, uh, it was awesome, but... My best friend Sean, who you guys know, Seanie Kovacs, uh -huh. he always busts my balls about things like he's like he always like, oh, dude, bet you're excited for light jacket weather. He's always <laughs> like that. He shows up to my house. In a light jacket, looking fresh, and I was like, "Dude, you look awesome!" And he was like, "I word for you, dude. It's light jacket weather." <laughs> and uh, I just love little quirks about seasonal changes. Like I love living in Philly because we get the seasons. Right. And uh, I was thinking, like, what what are other things like throughout the year? Like it could be at any point in your life. Like what were things about, like like when the seasons change, or what's your favorite things that are seasonal? So okay. I'm gonna start out. And the first I did all fall. Okay, that's fine. Dude, fall I mean, is follows the goat when it comes to like the goat, nice yeah. changes with the season that you get. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh my first thing is when it gets warm out, like going into summer, and you switch from drinking hot coffee to iced coffee. I love okay. that feeling of it's 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 iced coffee. You switch to hot. <laughs> yeah, I drink, I drink hot coffee in the winter. I drink hot coffee every day, but I'm saying like you go out right. and like you, you stop at Wawa or like a coffee shop and you're like, like let me get a hot yeah, coffee so yeah. I can fucking feel my hands. Like a but, hot hazelnut coffee in the wintertime. Oof, I'm a French vanilla. I, I'm not I'm not a flavored coffee guy. I just want I, straight black coffee. I, I want I, mud, I like, bro. I like a nice black coffee with some sugar I in it. Wawa but, 
Dark Cuban roast. Ooh, Ooh. you get you get tweaked yeah, all you that. get the yeah. hard stuff. Actually, the only thing I drink is high brew coffee. Sometimes I put it in, into a tea kettle and I warm it up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Smooth. So, uh, no, but I love like it. Also go goes hand in hand with when the seasons change. And your alcoholic beverage choice changes. Uh-huh. Like when you're going from like winter when you're drinking stouts and lagers and stuff, and then like summer starts coming around and it's seltzer time, baby. Yeah, 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 we're smashing exactly. seltzers and we're slapping the, the tea bag, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, that's what I I'm talking, what about. talking about. So like your 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 like switches from like hot coffee to iced coffee or from like heavy beers to seltzers. Like I love that switch. Yeah, the the beverage switch. Beverage switch. Yeah. All right, Kenny, what's your first one? My first one's gonna be in fall and it's a little more sports related. But when you get that first Saturday and Sunday of college football oh. and NFL, oh, yeah, yeah, and you can wake up and the pregame shows are on in the morning, you can, oh. if you want, you Chris can start, Fowler and Herb Street you can start drinking beers. Oh yeah, 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 and it's so and it's, socially acceptable. Yeah, exactly, you get, you get the coffee, you put a little Irish cream in there. Oh beer. yeah, don't but you start. Can start going. You put the bets in. Oh yeah, <laughs> optimistic. You're like today's the day. Big We're gonna win the do- oh, dude, Super Bowl or bust, baby. And then <laughs> exactly. the Eagles shit on first, your heart when the, when you feel that first like that first cold day, and you're like, Chris, football, like football, baby, smells football, like baby. Football. And you're just in a, and you're in a football jersey for two straight days. You take your college team, and you take your pro team the next day. Absolutely outstanding. Then that first NFL Sunday, if you're in Philly, you're going out to wherever before everyone's in their Eagles gear. Yeah, yeah. That first tailgate. Day. Ooh, Ken, this is a great pick. And then you know I got after that first game, if the Eagles lose, everyone's going like kill Carson. Yeah, Lentz like after <laughs> <laughs> that first Beautiful. week when Collins in a deep depressed okay. hole for a week because the Eagles lost. No, that's such a great pick, dude. That first NFL Sunday, that first college football Sunday, you're just back. Wow. Boys are back. All right, Jimmy, good. So my first one is um, uh, when uh. It is like what you guys, when the seasons change in the fall, and you can pop off that AC and throw those windows oh, up. Yeah. And it's like 50 degrees outside, and you're sleeping, and your blankets are actually doing something, and yeah. you just caught it up with your girl. It's fucking the best. Yeah, we're in that stage right now where our windows are all open, and it sucks, too, because me and Dana both have allergies. So <laughs> you're just getting <laughs> blasted. Yes. I'm in a Benadryl coma every day, but God damn, does it feel great, dude. <laughs> um, oh, that's a great pick. Uh, my second pick is actually something from childhood. And it's when you're in school and that weather starts getting warm and you know school's about to be fucking over <laughs> and you can smell summer vacation, dude. And like, especially with the Catholic school, you switch from the sweaters back to the polos. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you know it's coming. You know there's no more school. In grade school, we got to wear shorts. Oh, yeah, instead dude. Instead of the, the long uh, slacks. Real quick, did, w- with your Catholic grade school, did you, well, did you guys wear a button-down shirt under your sweaters? No, 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 no. It was a, it was always a polo under the sweater, but we had to wear the sweater. Dude, my grade school, you had an option of wearing a button-down shirt if you were a loser, or a turtleneck. And I rocked the baby blue turtleneck underneath. We're the gonna b- rewind for a second. You said button-down shirt if you were a loser. Yeah. Or a, a turtleneck, turtleneck. Yeah, yeah. for the winners. For yeah. the winners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's logically that's where we would go. With you had it. to wear you had to wear a shirt and tie. Or a turtleneck? Yeah. Okay. Wait, real quick. I want to ask you this question, too. So in high school, going to Catholic high school, did you – I don't know if you guys had the same technique. At Archbishop Ryan, what we would do, because you had to wear a button-down, a tie, and then a sweater over top. Right. Everybody would take their button-downs underneath and cut off the sleeves and cut it at the nipples. So you were just wearing – like the upper this, part, like the upper, upper part, part of and then so sometimes the homeroom teacher would catch you, or you'd have a lab in high school, and the teacher would be like, "All right, everybody, we're gonna turn on the Bunsen burners, so please take off your, your sweaters. sweaters." And all the dudes would look at each other and be like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" And there was this one, a there was a one kid who would wear, 
he all he had was the cutout of Jess's neckline, so <laughs> it was just tucked in, so he had no sleeves or anything. <laughs> and he took it off, and our teacher name was Mrs. Reed, and he took off his sweater, and he just had like a three inch diameter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the the, cheat, the the ways you would cheat your uniform at Catholic school we were magnificent. We, a lot of a lot of dudes would like you're not allowed to wear a polo and a tie, but that was what they did. They wore a white polo with the tie up. Yeah, and it looks like a regular, you know. To get away with yeah, it. so you get away with it. You do get away with it unless anybody's looking. That's not a hard collar. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Nobody's gonna so fucking come up. That collar. Dude, yeah. I remember there was a, there, there was a thing in our high school too where I was like infamous for this but i would get chirped at by my teachers but like you were cool if like you wore a different colored undershirt it yeah. showed off your personality so i'd have like this baby blue undershirt yeah. poking through they'd be like mr Bundy, please don't wear that colored undershirt. undershirt and i'm not an undershirt guy now i never wear undershirts like i never oh, really i never wear white beaters i never wear white t-shirts underneath i'm straight shirt nothing yeah eh. I can't. I can't wear. I can't do. I sweat too much. I need something. I need a layer. Even in a suit, yeah. I don't wear an undershirt. Oh. Yeah, I know. I. I. I See, like a like a button down. I need something. Never I need wear something it, dude. Between that and like, I don't know. Nah, I need no barrier. I need cotton between. Cotton. Then, cotton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken. What's your second one? My second one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the nice boy thing. So this is time when we're going towards the spring. It starts getting nice out. And you get those first two first two days of March Madness basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, agreed. Because then it's like everybody wants to start taking off from work and just go to the bars to yeah, watch. Go to the bars yeah. to watch the games. Right. That's right when baseball back. starts yeah. too. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, that March. I'm not a big college basketball. It's probably my least cared about big sport. It's college really? basketball. Yeah. I went to Westchester, uh, and I'm a Michigan fan. So yeah. Michigan's basketball team is good, but it's not the sport that we care about. No, yeah, and no, I'm it's football. You know. I, I, I love March Madness because it's just a, a sportsman's dream. You know, it's just constant sports. And it's right. just crazy shit. You know, oh, in the pros, shit. you don't see the crazy shit happening. Yeah, as much, agreed. So. Right. All right. Am I going? You're up, Jim. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, other than uh, doubling up my antihistamine intake <laughs> uh, for the fall, I also love, you know, um, it's two things it's, it's, it's a haunted hayride. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the spooky season, obviously, that comes up with it because I love scary movies, and they're all just like in in vogue. So oh, yeah. like you're like, oh, I'm not weird for watching a scary movie. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. Am in AMC fucking any basic cable. Yeah, in April, I'm a I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but in October, it's all good. But then you get off the haunted hayride, you go to that big bonfire, you're making s'mores, and you got some hot apple cider. cider yeah, yeah, it's banging. And that shit is where it's at. And that just tastes like it because the cold air, but the heat from the fire, and you got smoke. Uh, the an- the, the, the cinnamon. Oh, oh yeah. Cinnamony fucking apple drink. Make a little alcohol. I like that. I mean, you can throw some bourbon in there. I'm not I'm not mad at it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come over. No. Uh, you know, we'll drink. We'll slug. Yeah, we'll slug. Boys will be boys. Uh, <laughs> I took a pick, dude. Now yeah. you're really putting me in that spot because we're about to be, and I'm excited. Yeah, we're right there. Yeah. We're right in that freaking mode. Oh, I love it. My last pick. Not to mention Monsters coming on. Oh, yeah. Monster <laughs> October yeah. night, baby. Let's go. Great fall song. Um, my, my last pick is a shout-out to all the thick boys out there. And this has to do... You know it. This has to do with the third week of November through... New Year, and it's just eating. It's just full on straight eating. Up, yeah, straight up carbohydrate. Just, you're yeah. just in a sweater, so you don't even care if you're throwing on the LBs, yeah. bro. Right. And it's just Thanksgiving through New Year's. You're drinking. You're eating. It's all food. It's all family. Everybody's in a great mood. Nobody gives a shit about work. <laughs> Nobody yeah, cares about yeah, right. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stouts and porters. Stouts and porters. You're with your Ooh. family. There's actually a tradition that it's only a tradition to me and my mother-in-law. We uh, 
I call it white Russian season. It's the only time of the year I can drink white Russian. I love white Russians, dude. Fucking dairy. <laughs> dude, no, when we when I come over for Thanksgiving, I look at her right away. I'm like, white Russian season? She's uh. like, you know it. We're breaking out that Kahlua. <laughs> We're breaking out. Because I am the family bartender. And everything we do, uh, it's like, Colin, make me an app, make, make me a Cosmo. Make me this. Make me uh, this. And uh -huh. I'm just getting people hammered. I know that move. You know that move. <laughs> and uh, I'm just saying, white Russian season, it's just like literally I walk in. I don't even say hi to anybody. I run over to all of them. I'm like, yo. Get the vodka, get the Kahlua. I brought the cream dog. Let's go. <laughs> it gets the shit. I so, do like a good right I love now. thick boy season, bro. Let's go. <laughs> thick boy season. Uh, Kenny, what's your third? My third, I'm just going to go. This is just off the cuff. Sports related. Um, no, it's not sports related. Don't worry. <laughs> All you non-sports fans out there. Um, I just love... And this might be a Philly area when the B101s switch over and oh, start doing the Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh god! Let's get that. You're like, all right. B101s okay. ratings go from a point one to a ninety nine percentile. Like, right. like it's cool. I can listen to these same twenty songs as long as it's the holiday yeah. season. We're good. Clarence. No, it's because it's the best too. Because B101 B does the same thing at, like all year round. Like they play a song and it's like, man eater. By Hall and Oates, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it, and then it just switched over to like the Christmas song by Nat King Cole, <laughs> and I'm like, I am where I'm supposed to be right now, like White Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Get, you get the little like Happy Holiday. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Oh, Kenny, great pick. <laughs> wow. I want to see if you pick the last thing I'm thinking, but go ahead. What's your What's your third? Oh, I probably didn't. What is it? Because I just made it up off the top of my head. What is it? It's uh. So this is go for goes for two seasons, and I love the we'll, juxtaposition we'll between the two. Juxtaposition. Good word. That's a, that's a three. Autumnal <laughs> <season>. juxtaposition. <laughs> the autumnal juxtaposition <laughs> of fifty degree weather and the springtime juxtaposition of yeah. fifty degree weather. Oh uh, yeah, the same thing on both so sides. So it's the same thing on both sides. That's light jacket weather, but baby. It's fifty degrees outside. We're all sweaty hoodies, sweaters, sweatpants. You know, socks. I'm double socked. I'm not. I'm not. Are you a I'm not. Like, no, I'm not double socked. Trying to, trying to add a couple inches, bro. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Trying to get on that. I'm trying to get on that roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, so, and everybody, 50 degree weather. Boom. The hoodies come out. The sweatpants come out. The scarves are in, folks. Jim's got Everybody's his sweatpants that are cut at the knee for shorts. <laughs> now, in, uh, let's say, March, That'd early March. April, yeah. it'll go from being 30, 20 degrees. 50 degrees. Magic. Boom. Shorts, Shorts. on. Fucking basketball jerseys yeah. are yeah. on. The juxtaposition of a 50 degree after summer and a 50 degree after winter. Magic, bro. It's Apple weather. Yeah, you're like yeah. 50 degrees. I'm rocking a goddamn t-shirt and jeans. In college one time, I think we were home over spring break, and we saw that like 55 degree Saturday. So we're like, we're, we're drinking on the porch. You know, we had like Tommy D's parents. I was like, what are you guys doing? We're like... Well, it's kind of nice out. Yeah. So we're gonna <laughs> no, <drink>. that's <laughs> great too. In college, when like it just starts to get nice, and there's still like snow melting on the porch, yeah. but you're out there in like shorts and a t-shirt, being like, "Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> spring, also, baby." Also, also I want to. Uh, this is a this is a uh, ad on when it's snowing outside. It's freezing during the winter winter time, but when it's snowing outside, specifically when it is in actively snowing. You go outside and the humidity in the air. It's a little warmer. It makes it feel warm outside. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. always a cool because then you can just chill out on the porch, smoke your cigarette, and like look out at the snow that's falling because you've never seen it before. And it, it, makes it, it, makes, it makes a terrible, dirty habit seem less <coughs> terrible and dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm this just doing a this. Moment now. I'm doing this in a beater and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see the snow fry man? <laughs> 
<laughs> yo, d- Jimmy's got to be on the podcast all the time. I love this shit. Uh, the, yo, the last one I, br- I was going to bring up is a Philly special. New Year's Day, Mummers. When that comes around, dude, dude yeah, uh, it's just I magic. I that a lot. That is the excuse to get away with underage drinking in Philadelphia. I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, we have friends whose families have like certain set up spots, like near Walnut, like near Walnut Street on Broad, and uh, so there's like a pack of Northeast Philly people there. So you see people you haven't seen in yeah. years, and you're just out there. There's people. I'm talking. In, I'm talking. I have a lot of friends from South South Philly, and who I'm are, sure, who are in, I'm sure you've seen the Second Street mayhem oh, yeah, that goes oh, yeah. down. But it's like you're literally. Are you a two street boy? To, I been down there mold like for years i was go- i would go but now it's just like not it's, it's not too much scene. man you want to yeah. be involved in well yeah. no dude, so northeast philly's thing is they take over paddywax south street oh so cool. it's wall to wall like just people you haven't seen in years and shit like that that's it's fun. like it's like yeah dude how you fucking been dude like, you know <laughs> what i mean like that's how it gets like Dude, every I time I think I brought you there one time. Yeah, we went one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that Me that shit's unfucking believable. Every time I see people that I haven't seen in a while, my hoagie mouth gets oh yeah, just like turns <laughs> up. Yeah. And it's like it's like, oh, cause what the <laughs> fuck have you been doing, dude? I haven't seen you all summer. Yeah, Bodney, dude, I seen your band's been doing good. Oh yeah, dude, we just got back from Nashville. Like we we're fucking all over the place, dude. Yeah, it was fucking yeah. crazy, dude. How's your mom, yo? Is your mom still in a wheelchair? That's fucking crazy, yo. How's it gal? <laughs> Your cousin like get out of jail yet? Yeah, is this is this like a shocking thing to you when you see shit like that? No. I mean, it's Delco's the same thing. Delco's the same thing. Yeah, I would say it's a little dirtier. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, dirtier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you don't even have the excuse of it's like, oh, you're in the city. That makes sense. Yeah, but the only it, difference is, is he mowed a front lawn when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah, we got some like, grass, I guess. <laughs> He's got grass and trees. We don't got that up here. That fucking... Yeah, you just don't pay city wage tax. So there you go. There's your thing. Cigarettes are cheaper. The Mummers basically is... It's more shocking if you're down in the city on New Year's Day with the mummers and you are sober. The one day you can get away with like public drunkenness. And oh, yeah. Oh, dude. But I cannot wait to see the COVID style mummers. Shenanigan mummers thing. Oh, yeah. If, if it's still going on and they have to like cancel it, which they're they, still going to do I, it. I think they're going to they're gonna cancel it, but they're still going to do some wacky ass. COVID-related thing. Yeah. And it's... Oh, it, yeah, they're going to try and make a political statement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They always do. I mean, so so I can't <laughs> These wait These motherfuckers see. wear masks anyway. What are they going to do, not wear masks this year? Yeah, they paint their face. Now you just got to paint the eyes. Uh, that's <laughs> not the only difference. I don't know. It, it is funny, though, because, like, last year we started in South Philly at my boy's house. And... uh we are walking down, and, and our buddy Bruce is, is a cop who is working the like the traffic Bruce. down there. Yeah, I was like, hey, Bruce. He's <laughs> like, Colin. I see you got your beer there. You're fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, uh, but no, and I seen him, and uh, it was an amazing moment because, like, his fiance was in the parade. So, like, Bruce is there, like, directing traffic. I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? We're talking to him and shit. And his fiance comes up just as, as an orange astronaut. <laughs> and it's like, none of this would make sense unless, like, you like unless you were from here. So, that's how we'll leave it this week. Uh, so, this is episode 44. Great episode, Jimmy. I'm glad to have you here, dude. Can Thank I you. always have you here? So, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I love you. Um, but we'll be back on episode 45 later this week. Uh, dude, any, any, final, any final parting notes? Uh, stay negative, dog. Stay negative, dog. Stay negative, keep positive. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Keep positive. Stay negative. Fuck you guys. We love you. (laughs)